I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is Coleman Hodges, Swim Swam Head of Production, and the man on the scene, the guy on the deck, interviewing all athletes all over the world. And this interview is all about Coleman. This is a who is Coleman interview because I get this question over and over and over. Who is Coleman Hodges, and how did he get a job at Swim Swam? Coleman, how did you get a job at Swim Swam? So let's start with uh, the first time I met Mel Stewart on a pool deck. It was the 2013 men's NCAAs. Uh, I recognized you as uh, Swim Swam had just started about a year prior to that. And I knew what it was. Um, I was I a was swim geek. And I was like, oh, dude, that's gold medal Mel. I've, I've seen his gold medal minutes. And those, they're so cool. And so I, I, I was feeling particularly ballsy. I was at a point in my life where, you know, I could, I could do anything I put my mind to and, and I had big goals. And so, uh, I went up to you and I, and I said, Hey, uh, you know, my name's Coleman. I know who you guys are. I do video editing. If you guys ever need production help, um, I, I'd be happy to, to lend my services in any way that I can. And, uh, Went, went in one ear, went out the other. <laughs> I said, hey, buddy, what's up? I remember looking at you, and it's like, I was like, who is this kid? You had, like, your hair was, like, all one length, and it was, like, down to your chin, and you had kind of a round face. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're kind of a chubby little kid. <laughs> like, who is this guy? But he's super cool. He's super nice. Or, like, I really liked you. So I'm just going to tell you the backstory on that. What, I, what, what happened was Braden, Braden Keith, the man, said – I really like this kid now. He's going to be editing for us because you need the help. You're doing, you're doing too much. And sometimes it gets sloppy. So we need somebody to get on this. And he basically said, you need this. This is happening. And, uh, and he was like, I've, I've already set it up. And, um, but that was, that was that impression. And that it's, I can't, we can't jump off into your background. I have to say this. The next time I saw you, it seemed like you looked like you looked like, a a bodybuilder you look like a jesus bodybuilder you like you had long hair a beard and you were swole i think you were wearing a you know a tank top i'm not i'm not sure i'm like uh-huh. okay this guy's all right he's got it he's tough <laughs> which i think that was the next year at 2014 ncaa's and my hair was about this length but it's good times yeah did, I did you did you do you remember was that the year that you called me and said uh, hey Mel, it's it's Coleman, and um, I'm coming to this meet, and and my hair is kind of long, and you know, do I need to do anything? Do you remember that phone call? No. <laughs> yes, you you made that phone call. You were making that 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 I'm I'm a kid, I'm young, and I, and I'm working, and there's probably some sort of a policy or something, and that yes, you made that phone call, and this is <laughs> this was my response to you. My response to you was, no, do not do anything. I want the hair. I want the beard. <laughs> uh, I want, and I, you know, sometimes I'm not, it was, it was years ago and you had a man bun sometimes. I was like, I want it to be huge because I want people to see you coming. And uh, that was my feeling on, 
on the hair and the and, and your outfit. So let's get let's let's get back into your background. You you know you're um, as I, I can tell you this that when people come to us and they and they you know sometimes they're like I'm a graduate of this college or I do that, and the truth is it doesn't matter how well, how well educated you are. We need to know if you understand swimming. And then we need to know if you have the legs to do the work, because if you're working in media, it is a hard gig. And, uh, but the first thing is, you know, so I, I, I have no idea where, you know, it's like, it never occurred to me where you went to school and never, I never thought about it. It's uh, can you do the work? And we do that by seeing if people can actually do it, but you do have to be chlorinated. Tell me about your swim background. Tell me your swimming story. Yeah. So I, my mom, always says that she put me in the water at age one. Uh, I started swimming competitively at age nine. And I remember the first day of practice, like my brother and I both started on the same day. And, and Wyatt is, you know, PhD in and out of the pool. He's two years older than me. So at age 11, he was like, we, they put us in the same group and he was just doing laps around me. And I was like, this sport's kind of bogus. And uh, the next day they moved him up to the, the big boy group and they didn't move me up. And I'm like, <laughs> and, uh, it was devastating. And I think I, I think I enjoyed it for a while. And then like age 11 to 13, I, you know, I was like a preteen. I, I wanted to do other things. I honestly, I wanted to break dance. That's what I wanted to do. And I took break dancing lessons, but I couldn't do it all the time. And my mom had, you know, this policy I have to do something active three days a week and I couldn't take break dancing lessons three days a week. I'm going to cut in here. When I, in the night, in the early 1980s when break dancing was coming on the scene, I wanted to be a break dancer. My parents had to talk me out of it and say, say it was swimming. And, and so we'll, we'll have to have a, a break dance, you know, dance fight. <laughs> I dance think that's battle. why we get along so well. <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, my parents encouraged it, but it wasn't something that was like sustainable. And, uh, and I didn't, I hated every other sport more than swimming. And so, you know, with, with all of my uh, just, you know, preteen uh, angst, I begrudgingly kept swimming. And then around a, uh, eighth grade, age 13 or 14, I kind of started to come around and really liked it. And at the time, my brother was swimming for high school. And that, you know, seemed really cool to me. And so then I started doing that and, uh, yeah. And then, so the, then that in high school, my brother and I really bonded over swimming and 2008 is around the time that to the seven oh seven oh eight is when he started really becoming a swimming fan. And when Wyatt started becoming a swimming fan, he would just talk to me all the time about it. And then I started becoming a swimming fan. And so that's when our, uh, our swim nerd days really started blossoming. And then from then on, you know, it's like, oh, I want to be a professional swimmer. I want to swim in college. And, you know, I, I, I absorbed everything I could about swimming and uh, really embraced it as like, this is my lifestyle. This is who I am. And, uh, and then I didn't swim in college. <laughs> that's, that's your, your events were? I swam butterfly and I am primarily, uh, I, I was 200 butterfly. was my favorite event. It was my best event. Um, 400 I am 200 I am were probably the next two in line. Um, 
yeah, but I, I would, I would train for, for those events. I, I like freestyle, um, you know, on, on my team, I was like the, my, my senior year, I was, I was a leader on the team. Um, but yeah, but I, I liked all the strokes. I still swim just recreationally and I really enjoy, do enjoy all strokes. I, I like every, there's all, they all have good parts. Let me, let me pick it up here. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, how, how does someone get a job with, with swim swam? It's very helpful if you're a 200 butterflyer in your past. I, I'm actually joking, but in a way, kind of serious. Uh, a lot of a lot of people who who come to work for swim swam and, and they and they and they stay with us for years. They have a strong work ethic, and interestingly, a lot of them were young athletes who did not swim in college. They swam through high school. They became fans. But you know, if you look at the totality of their career, they were 400 IMers, milers, and 200 flyers. There's a, there's a lot of there's a there's a through line there, and um, I'm not judging, but I'm going to say this: it is there is a strong work ethic with uh, with mid distance swimmers and 200 butterflies. So, and we also have to so that's that's a little nugget to drop in people's ears. The other thing is that. Um, your brother is a, is a legit talent and um, he is, you, you got to brag on him a little bit and explain just how fast he is because he's still swimming. Well, it's, uh, I think it's funny. A legit talent. We like him and I both always thought I was going to be the better swimmer. <clears throat> like we thought we like, and we, we also thought that I was going to be bigger than he was. And if you look at us now, that is comical because I'm 5'8", and he's 6'0", and he's got like, you know, 15, 20 pounds of muscle on me. But you have much better hair. <laughs> I do have better hair. But but it's like, um, but he got all that through, through so much perseverance. Um, but, you know, so we grew up swimming together. Um, I always kind of just followed in his footsteps. I, I, I had like the little brother syndrome complex of like, oh, I'm just going to do what Wyatt does. And like he made junior nationals his junior year. And I'm like, oh, naturally, I'm just going to do that. And I think I just think there was a disconnect for me. I think I worked hard, but I didn't work my butt off. You know, I didn't commit wholly 100% to swimming. There were other things I wanted to do. And I worked hard when I was at swimming, but not, not super hard. And so when I didn't make junior nationals my junior year, I was kind of like, wait, what? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I'm, this was supposed to happen. Um, and then, you know, Wyatt went on to swim in college, and he had, a, he had a decent college career. You know, he was a Big Ten finalist on multiple occasions to swim at Purdue. Um, but I think he was, he's always been a better long course. And, you know, he, he really started to come into his own as he aged. And he made Olympic trials as a college swimmer. And then he finally got there and he just never wanted to stop swimming and he wanted to keep doing it at a high level. And the more he did that, the better he got. He went to Cal to get his PhD, started training with Dave Durden and the Cal guys. And, you know, he learned a lot there, not just about, he finally, I think, put some pieces together of like, I don't need to work harder. I need to work smarter. And, uh, you know, made another Olympic trials and then 2018 Santa Clara went 101. Ray Luz, who, who you and I just got off the phone with, I remember 
his 200 breasts, he went 216, got DQ'd, but that was a four-second best time. And as a 28, 27-year-old guy at the time, you know, that is huge. And everyone, the Cal guys were going nuts on one side of the pool. I was going nuts on the other side of the pool. Ray Luz comes up to me. He's like, Coleman, who is that guy? And I was like, that's my brother. And he's like, really? Like, he's pretty good. Um, he's 101 Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he one one wide hundred meter breaststroke is legit, and get and popping that while you're getting your PhD at Cal Berkeley is is pretty crazy. What's his PhD in? Mechanical engineering. And now he's getting his postdoc. Yeah, he's doing his postdoc. Still swimming. A, yeah, still swimming. Um, doing you know uh, research for a Department of Defense funded national lab. Uh, you know, he's, he lives a pretty legit lifestyle. And we have an agreement that if he get with, with his security clearances, if he's ever introduced into the off-world aliens, that, that he has to give me a, a sign and let me know that it's all real. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's, I, that's, see, the, the, the short answer is I got chlorine in my blood. Mm-hmm. Totally legit. And uh, you should add that you also, you, you coach a lot. It's, uh, it's not, you, you, you come with a passion and a love of the sport, but you also have, you've got coaching legs. Yeah. So after I, the summer after my senior year, I decided that I wanted to do other things in college besides swimming, which, which I think was a great decision. And, and I often wonder, well, what happens if I would have swam in college? I think everyone who wants to should pursue a, a career in swimming in college. I often hear it's the best part about swimming. Uh, but I didn't think it was right for me and I knew I was going to Mizzou. And, um, and so my, my head coach at the time was like, well, if you're not going to swim, you're going to come coach for us. Like it wasn't a question. It was a, this is what you're going to do because we know that, that you're going to fit in. And, uh, and I think I, I learned so much more from coaching for, I, I learned so much more about swimming from coaching than I did from swimming. Um, because when you teach someone how to swim, you really have to know what you're talking about. And I remember my first year of coaching, you know, I was with the little tiny kids and it's like, oh, I really don't know much about swimming. I don't know how to swim. I like I've done it. I, I swam, but I don't know how. Uh, and so, yeah, and that really, you know, got me even more interested on the mechanics of swimming, on learning about swimming, on becoming a real student and you know again a fan of the sport because the more you know about it the more you can appreciate it and to this day you're full-time with us but you know you've, you've cut out of work and go coach a practice with ian crocker right over yeah. Rollingwood. um and that's uh i think it's a nice skill to have but it says a whole lot about you that you would spend all your time focused on swimming curating these interviews with 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 everybody from age groupers to olympic stars and then at the end of the day, you go stand on deck with another Olympic star, Ian, Ian, <laughs> Ian Crocker, and coach. So it's uh, swimming is in the acid cocktail of your genes. Absolutely. Yes. So let's talk about the editing years. For years and years, it was like, I thought you were younger, but I guess it was your junior year at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. You know, Braden's like, hey, Mel, he's going to do this. You're, you know, you're, you're doing too much. You're getting sloppy. We need somebody who can focus on this. I set it up. So we started loading you up and what I really loved about you was that we could just go, here's 20 interviews and you'd start cranking them out. We'd dump them. You were professional. You got them done. If you were ever late 30 minutes, you'd be like, 
um, this, you know, I got held up on this. This got hung up or something happened, but it's like if the apocalypse happened and the world was on fire the next day, Colin would be walking over the hot coals to say, here's the work. I got it done. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a unique work ethic. And, and I think when people meet you, they don't necessarily know you have that kind of grit. You come across as a really sweet, low key guy, but uh, you're tough as nails. Where does that come from? Yeah, I think there's, there's a few stories um, that, that I think are perfect for this. So the first one is that coming off of that NCAA, like right, right, uh, right after I had met you, I went to go shoot uh, two weekends back to back in Miami uh, at the Ultra Music Festival, which is this huge electronic music festival. And it, it had been a dream of mine to be a part of this production. And I had started emailing this guy in September of 2012. And I had sent him, I had heard back one and he's like, yeah, we might have something open, you know, we'll t- like talk to us in February. I, from September to February, I, I sent this guy probably 15 or 20 emails all throughout the fall, all throughout the winter, because I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And finally, in I note to no response, he didn't respond. And finally, in February, I, I had sent him an email and I was, you know, kind of nipping at the bit being like, OK, it's, it's getting down there. I, I, I need an answer. And um, he was like, We're, we have four unpaid internship you know, spots available. Uh, you have to pay for everything. We don't, we don't do anything, but if you get one, you can come help us. And we do a Skype interview and I hear back from him and he's like, okay, you can come roll with us. And like, that was like, to that point, that was a dream come true. And, uh, and so I, you know, long story short, I did it. And that was really cool to see like me, my hard work paying off into like this dream experience. And, you know, so I was riding really high when I met you because that had all just happened. And again, I think that's what gave me the confidence to approach you guys and be like, you know, I can follow my dreams and, and maybe I'll get there and maybe I won't, but I'll never know if I don't try. And so um, when I got the, you know, when you guys gave me a chance, (laughs) I, I knew that this was again, something that I really loved and something that I needed to do. And so I made it, I made it happen. Uh, I would go into, I didn't have Adobe Premiere on my computer for a long time. So I would go into our computer labs at Mizzou's campus and edit the videos for you guys. Um, You know, sometimes the internet would be out, sometimes I'd be locked out. And you know, it's like I kinda, I I got resourceful and and I found ways to make it happen. And uh, I think, you know, I think swimming, was part of that. It, it taught me to work hard and kind of ha- have structure in my life. And if I start something, then I need to finish it. Um, I think my parents helped with that. Um, I think having my older brother who has, you know, the best work ethic I've ever seen. I mean, he's just seeing him and having him as a role model, just it, it, it helped on, um, on being dependent. And I knew that if, if people were counting on me, I needed to do it. And uh, so a, a good story is that right before I, the, the, the 2014 men's NCs, I wasn't at women's NC2As, but you guys were sending videos. And I think this is the one time that I can recall that like you were upset with me. And 
uh, so I, I had been with you guys for about a year and I didn't turn the videos around within 24 or 48 hours. And you know, it's like, this was, this was Missy Franklin's first NCAAs. Uh, there were, there were some big names at this meet and, and, uh, you got on the phone with me and you were like, look, if you can't do it, I just need to know because we need to get these done. That's what it comes uh, down to. You got to either, can you do it or can you not? Yeah. And I think that that taught me a good lesson and like, if you can't do it, just be honest, you know, don't say, Oh, I can do it. And then flake out. Um, just, just let them know if you can't do it, let them know. And if you can do it, then do it. And, uh, and from that point on, it's like, okay, I, I'll let you know if I can't do it, but like, I'm going to do it. Cause I don't want to be in this place again. I don't want to let swim swim down again because up to that point, you guys had been awesome. And again, this was, I knew this was something that I needed to do. And it's a, um, <clears throat> well, you earned it because you, you, you were like a hammer. It's a lot of work. The workload is intense. Sometimes it comes at odd times and you did it. So for years and years, you edited. By the time you were, you were, um, you were out of college and you were beyond and we, we knew that we wanted, we wanted you to come on full time. It was, you know, there were a lot of options. Who's going to come on full time next? We don't, mm -hmm. we didn't, you know, we're, we're all vying for the person. And the answer was Coleman. So we know you're going to do it. You're open to it. You come down to Austin, Texas. You stay with Tiffany and I. My, my Tiffany is a co-founder of Swim Swam. She's my wife. If you ask people who the CEO is, they'll be like, it's not Mel, it's Tiffany. It's, uh, it's a, you know, she came up with the word Swim Swam. She's, uh, she's, she's an important part of the foundation of our business. But the weekend was chill, and you had several places to look at. If you fell out, and you only had one, and basically we just played for the weekend, and I was like, I was worried about you. You're like, nah, I got it. <laughs> but you ended up in the, in the coolest place in the heart of Austin, Austin, Texas. And I'm, I was, uh, that's what I'll always remember. I'm like, this guy is walking with the gods. Things just work out for him. It's, <laughs> why is that? Yeah. You know, it's like through, through my time at Swim Swim, I think I've just learned that, uh, that uh, if, you, if you put in the work, things work out how they're, how they should. And it might not, it might not look like what you want, but, uh, but it, it's going to be good. <laughs> and that weekend I had, you know, yeah, I had looked into places and I had an idea of, of the kind of place I wanted to live in, in Austin, which, you know, there's so many great options, but I knew I wanted a house and I, I made a few calls and yeah, I got, I got to Austin and we went out, you know, we were getting br brunches and, uh, ACL was that weekend. No, no, that was another weekend, but, um, you know, we were, we were just hanging out. We were having a good time and yeah, everyone canceled. And it came down going to, to ACL as a perk of being full time. It's, <laughs> we, it's not a perk. Uh, we, yeah. Right. Yeah. We, um, anyway, that I, I, I end up going to that house and we talked for two hours and, uh, the, it's the house I live in nearly three years later. And, um, yeah, it worked out. So I have a couple of, of, of good stories of, of things working out leading up to that. Austin Pro Swim 2015, January 2015. <clears throat> I was living in California at the time with my brother. It was the year after I had graduated from college. And I was, I was a, kind of at a low point. I didn't have a full-time job. I was doing part-time work with Swim Swam. I had a couple other part-timey gigs. Um, it, it wasn't great. Things weren't going great, you know. 
year after college is not what I had wanted. It's not what I had seen for myself. Wyatt was going to swim at the Austin Pro Swim. And I was like, you know what? Like, if I go to this, I'll, I'll get to work. I'll get to edit videos. Um, I, something might good might come out of it. And I think I, I, it's just a feeling. I think I should be at this meet. I go to the meet. At some point during the meet, you know, I'm, I'm with you. And, uh, and you're talking to someone and you're like, I really don't want to go to the Orlando Pro Swim next year or next month. Um, like, I don't want to travel. I want to stay home with my wife and kids. And I'm like, send me, I'll go. And you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, uh, uh, yeah, maybe. And by the end of the weekend, you, we had decided like, okay, you're, I'm going to go to the Orlando pro swim and you, you know, I get to Orlando and I'm at this hotel and we send a camera, we send a tripod, we send like all this equipment to the hotel really like really last minute um but i get all this stuff and uh you know i interviewed katie hoff was making a comeback at that meet i talked to her cesar cielo was at that meet like i talked to him like that was you know that was the first meet i had ever done for swim swim by myself where i was capturing interviews and i was editing them and from then on i was i was the guy going to all the meets you were like i'm not i'm not traveling anymore that's it uh, well, the thing your, your, your knowledge of swimming is so deep because you edit video and editing video is slow it's a painstaking process and you are absorbing everyone's story their stats you're learning what their personalities are like uh, people don't know this but oftentimes in an interview there's human moments that are that you're you know that are awkward or you know you're trying to present athletes in their best light uh, with what they have to say and uh, so you, you you learned what swimming was about, uh, sitting in a dark room, doing the work. Yeah. Travel buddy. People need to know this. If you're, if you know, it's like, there's something that my wife and I come from the entertainment business. We worked in entertainment in Los Angeles for years and years and years before swim swim started. And we knew this, we knew that, you know, the, the joke among everyone, it wasn't a joke. It's a real thing is, you know, if you're, you're in a movie or in a television show or you're in production or you're doing anything, it doesn't really matter how talented you are. You've got to be able to do your job. You've got to be able to sell it. You've got to be able to do your job. You've got to be able to, to deliver if you're in production because you're on a timeline and it's expensive, but there's so much downtime. You're stuck together for so long. And when you're not working, you need to like the person. <laughs> you need to be able to travel well. So this is why I like traveling with Coleman. Coleman, no matter where he went, no matter what was going on, he knew exactly how to get there. He had, he had it mapped. And if you're having making a decision on food, Coleman always found the best restaurants for the best price anywhere on earth. It's like that was your, that's your skill, that's your go-to. And I would ha I have to say that that is is a that makes you a very very valuable employee. <laughs> you've got you've got some deep skill, but also a lot of fun and very chill because it's um it's an intense you know. Being being in this atmosphere, you know, it's like men's NC2As or even a pro swam or any sort of world trials, Olympic trials. Those are intense. Those are tense situations. And you've got to keep your humor. You've got to keep your head about you. And you've got to let it roll off your back. Um, do you have a moment that's, that was especially tense on the road and you're like, I don't like this. This, this was fun, but this isn't fun. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I think so. So I started traveling for swim swam and I haven't stopped since, you know, I think, um, you learn, you learn how to find good food. You learn how to, how to find your way around places. And I, you know, it, it has been such like, this is the experience that I dreamed of, you know, traveling the world, getting to do something that I'm passionate about. Um, you know, I've had that dream for a long time and, you know, in my mind it took form in like doing it with a rock and roll band. Cause I saw the movie almost famous when I was 10 years old. But this is, you know, this is even better because it's, it's swimming is really a family. But, you know, it has ups and downs. Traveling alone can be really cool and it can be really hard um, because you don't have an immediate support system right there. And so that's why, I, you know, I try to be a good roommate when I'm traveling with people because it's, it's always so good to have good travel buddies. It's always like good to be traveling with people who are on your same page. I think <laughs> Olympic trials is the hardest seven days, the most intense seven days I've ever had in a work week by far. I mean, that meet is just go, go, go. You're producing media for prelims and finals, you know, and, and it's 18 hour days. It's, I mean, it, and it, 18 hour days in, in a building that already is so tense with stress and emotion, good and bad. You know, it's, it's such a roller coaster. And so that, you know, that's, that's a, that's intense. I think at the end of this fall, you know, with, with ISL and then the pro series, um, this fall was really intense too, because that was just a lot of back to back to back to back travel. Um, ISL last fall. Yeah. Yeah. This past fall. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was that was a lot, and that was that was my first international travel, going to Budapest for a week. Also, a really cool experience, but a, a pretty intense week of work because you're you're trying to combine work and play, and it's a really fine line to walk um, when you're documenting something that's supposed you know that people are having fun, but you're still working, um, but you're trying to have fun with them, and it's yeah, it's a fine line. Um, but I think overall you, you just, you kind of learn to roll with the punches. You learn how to act in certain situations and, uh, and, and you keep, you keep moving forward through it. So where, where were we with Jack? It was a nationals 2019. Yeah. You know, we have a, but we have a budget and the budget, you know, we, we, we try to, to, to book a nice Airbnb. We typically get the house if there's a lot of people, <laughs> and we get to Silicon Valley and and I and and we're walking in it's you me and Jack Jack's Jack's riding the camera he's taking pictures you're you're on deck capturing all the video and I'm there useless and the uh but I'm there so we're so we're so we're we're, gonna, we're there to cover 2019 summer nationals Silicon Valley walk into the house and I and I'm thinking wait a minute there's people in our house I thought that this, you know, we got the house and it occurred to me, oh, wow, it's super expensive here. We have one room. So we have one room and pads on the floor and, and no air conditioning and it's hot that week. I'm not saying it was rough. Food was good, but, but it's not always glamorous in swimming media. <laughs> the, so the best part about that experience was 
I was tasked with getting this Airbnb and we couldn't find something that wasn't like $400 a night. You know, it, it was impossible to find a cheap one. And so we finally get this and then it's like, okay, well they have three beds. So I guess we'll make it work. And we get there and it's, it's one room, two beds. And then yeah, like a gym mat is the third bed. And I'm five, eight, you're what? Six, one. And Jack, so is Jack Spitzer, our photographer. He's six tall. Three. Yeah, 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 he's tall. And so I take one of the beds because I'm it, the beds are small and I'm I'm comfy. And then Jack takes the other bed and and because you're like yeah you know, you, graciously you're like I'm I'll I'll sleep on the floor. It's fine. You guys are doing the hard work. And you sleep on the mat. And then the next morning you're like, okay, I'm not, I don't want the bed. The mat's way better than the bed. And Jack's like, no, I want the mat. And you guys were fighting over this gym, this single layer gym mat to sleep on the floor. True story. Jack Spitzer's a snorer. I think he had something going on with his sinuses. Roughest week of my life. Couldn't wait to get home. But there were some great slams and, and it's always fun to go to national championships. So here's a good question for you. Um, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're out there in the field and you're, you know, the thing is to capture that first draft of history, the first draft of someone's swimming career or, you know, when they're young, they're just coming on the scene or you're telling, you know, different chapters to different stories. You're going to be, you know, you've been interviewing Nathan Adrian for years and now his career's winding down, coming back from cancer. It's uh, you know, so you're capturing all of these personalities at different points in their career. What is your what is your journalistic philosophy? What what do, what do you what do you bring to the pool deck when you're when you when you hit record? Yeah, I think um, most importantly, uh, so being around, I've I've been around sports journalists for about five or six years now, and you know you're waiting um, for someone to come into an interview, and you you kind of get to know these people, and you talk about them, and I think a lot of sports journalists you know they view it's their job to report on sports and they view the subject as an athlete and i think above all you have to remember that they're a human being you know i've never been good at asking hard questions and i think part of that is that like i don't want to ask something that i know is going to upset someone and part of that's just me being sensitive and i know that sometimes as a journalist you have to ask those hard questions but a lot of times I, I, I really believe that questions in that vein aren't necessary because, you know, uh, you, you ask someone who got like a second place, for example, it's like, well, how did it feel to lose? And it's like, you're asking a person, you know, it's like, you know, the answer, it wasn't good. Like, it's not a good feeling. Um, and maybe, maybe sometimes that is necessary, but I think that too often a lot of journalists just look at the cut and dry, well, it's sports. And these are the people playing the sports and we're going to ask them about the sports. Um, and you don't really see the human side of these athletes. Um, I think that's, to me, that's like, that's kind of my creed. That's most important. You have to remember that they're, they are human and you know, you don't know what else is going on outside their lives besides the swim that you just saw. The, the, beauty, the beauty of swim swim is that uh, Braden and his crew on the, on the written side, they're, they're delivering the hard news. Mm -hmm. And 
most of our readers, they know what's happening. So when they're seeing that, that post-race interview, they're, they're, <clears throat> they're coming loaded and they, 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 they're just, they, they want to see the reaction. And a lot of these elite athletes, it's really it's the, something that you do that I like a lot is that you, you have your humanity is, is, is right there and your um, people open up and they talk and they give you their reaction. You don't have to do too much. You just hold space with them and they give it. So, yo, you, I, I don't think I've ever heard you say, hey, what does it feel like to lose? You've always framed it a different way. It's like you didn't get your hand on the wall and uh, that third 50 looked like it was a little bit tough. And especially coming home on the last one, uh, what was going through your head? You, you, you protect them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I again, I've I've just seen some people just be so cut and dry. And it, it, again, you just have to remember there are so many so many things that went into this one race, and there's so much going on outside of this race. And so I think if you're on deck talking to to a person who is a swimmer, you have to remember that they are a person first. You just happen to talk, be talking to them about swimming. Did you have years of interviewing Phelps? Did you, did you get him a lot? Yeah, we, in the comeback, yes. So I, I started traveling, you know, after his, in 2015, and that was like his, you know, we, we were at San Antonio Nationals together, and that's a meet I will absolutely never forget. And that's one of the best interviews we've ever had was, was Phelps reacting to, to Chad. Another bloke, you know, it's a, he, Phelps, Phelps got the DY, didn't go to world championships. And, uh, and then he popped that 152.9, 200-meter butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you, didn't, you only had him for just a little while. I had him for yeah. years and years and years. Yeah. And I'm going to use this as an example. He's one of, my, he, of course, one of my favorite interviews. But I liked it because I would step up he record and he'd be like, what, what Mel? what? And then he would say, you could ask me this. And then he would answer, but he was, he was like on the edge, like he would really bring it. Mm-hmm. And um, I liked that about him. I like that confidence and intensity. You know, what are some, what are some interviews? What are your favorite interviews? Yeah, I think, uh, God, I had, I had this ready and then I blew it. So some of my favorite people to interview honestly and this might not be a fan favorite but joseph schooling will will put it on the line (laughs) he'll tell it like it is and you know it's it's refreshing to i think i think our our sport compared to other sports is a little sensitive i think that you that if, if people trash talk in our sport they're really looked down upon and i think there's a line between um actually hating your competitors and having a healthy rivalry right and i think and so i can certainly respect when <clears throat> there are people who can, who can call other people out and do so in, in an okay manner you know like he gets so much crap for his his 50.9 in practice but it's like that's that's the best thing our sport could do is is have someone be like hey i threw this time down in practice like what are you going to do? Um, <clears throat> so I love his interviews. Uh, I believe, I, by the way, I believe we went to 50.9 because we, we've been on, you know, we're in Austin, Texas. We've been on deck with him and seen him do crazy things and work out, but super smart guy, super nice guy. And I never thought, I, I thought that if he was trash talking, I always thought it was pretty G rated. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I think, 
it's, you know, you, you said, uh, you know, Phelps could really just come in and go in an interview and talk for 10 minutes. He knew how to do that. I think it's been cool that I've been interviewing. Um, Katie Ledecky is someone who I, I feel like from my perspective has gotten really good at that. And she didn't used to be good at that. Or she didn't used to be, you know, great at that. Um, but as, as she's grown and become such a big icon, she's gotten really good at that. She can just come up and start giving you information um, and answers. And so that's, she's someone who, who is, has a really cool perspective, has a really human perspective. Um, I really, res I really respect a lot of the things that she has to say. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think that kind of brings me to practice and pancakes and some of my favorite practices that I've ever, ever gotten to witness. And I think hers is at the top. I think her seeing her go three, three hundreds on three thirty long course and go 309, 306, 303. And then in the afternoon, she drops another 303 and a 300 free in practice in a 400 IM set. And then days later, she breaks a world record in the 1500 freestyle. I think that's one of the coolest sequences I've ever gotten to document slash be a part of. Uh, I, that certainly takes the cake. That definitely takes the cake. That's a good closing line <clears throat> for folks out there who want to know how, who Coleman is and how he got a job at Swim Swam. I think that we've answered your question. And I think that the takeaway from this interview is if you can do the work, we want you. We like it, but it's, uh, you've got to earn it. And, and I can't, and I think you're the best example of that. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that with us, Coleman. Absolutely. Anytime. Hey, do you love Swim Swam as much as I do? Do you want hours of endless practice footage, race video, and a guide to the best pancakeries in the country? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel below and follow us on social media at Swim Swam News on Twitter and Instagram. If we get a million followers, I might just eat a million pancakes. Only one way to find out.